The discussion for this episode contains sensitive subjects that are relevant to the film. Uh, see the description for more info. for this we haven't named it yet should we name it uh, uh film film fun <laughs> theater fun at the theater <laughs> feature creatures i like feature creatures feature creatures <laughs> let's do it Hello and welcome to Scary Pair for Feature Creatures, our segment where we go see a movie in the theater and then talk about it. We just decided on that name. <laughs> I'm Nine. And I'm Opal. And we saw Barbarian, the uh, newly released horror film. Yes. Uh, that was a, uh, This is a good time. I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, are, are we going to get into the, the trailers first <laughs> like we did last time? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess just really briefly, um, for anyone who is, you know, maybe hasn't seen the movie yet, uh, we are going to be spoiling it quite a bit in this, but just some general impressions on the movie. Uh, yeah, general impressions. Go see it. It's really good. Go see it. It was a good time. I liked it a lot. It was a great theater experience as well. If you can see it in a the theater with people, that's really fun. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we just got, like, a sleepy 4 p.m. Uh, showing. There were enough people to make it fun, I think, though. We'll talk about the people that were in the theater well, with us. Well, yes. It's hit or miss, <laughs> but I there there are some fun parts of it. Um, I will give just, like, a very, a very brief description for anyone who wants it, and then we will start talking about our theater experience. So the kind of basic idea is that... Uh, a woman goes to an Airbnb and, oops, somebody else is already staying there. Uh, an Airbnb is creepy and scary. Yes. And, and who's staying there? But Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to say, at this point, when Bill Skarsgård opens the door, there was a woman behind me who went, <gasps> <laughs> She didn't just go, she went, <gasps> My boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, you heard the rest of it. I just heard her go, and I thought that was really <laughs> the best possible reaction to Bill Skarsgård. Uh, but yeah, this is directed by Zach Krieger, starring Georgina Campbell as Tess, Bill Skarsgård as Keith, and Justin Long as AJ. Uh, let's talk about the trailers that we watched. Uh-huh. So they're pretty much the same. First of all, yeah, we just watched. If you watched our Nope episode, we watched like basically all the same trailers. You can go listen to the first bit of that episode. You can hear how we feel about those. A lot of them were bad. <laughs> See, you had different feelings about some of them this time around, though. Did I? You said Smile looked bad. I think uh, it looks funny. I think it looks camp. You think Smile looks camp, but I think it looks bad. Yeah. That's uh, coming out soon, though. There's, like, a specific visual gag that they do in the trailer that looks like the worst special effect I've 
ever seen. I think it's going to be a funny movie, and I think it's camp, and I think it's intentional, because there is a man in the trailer who just smiles and says, you're going to die! <laughs> you're this, going to die! This time, I laughed really hard at that in the theater. You know what? Maybe, if, it, if it's really, again, like, we, we just finished our Cabin in the Woods recording. If this movie is fun, if Smile is fun, and it's having fun with it, I think it will be a great movie. I think Barbarian's having fun. Barbarian is having fun. Uh, I we, saw I saw people comparing it to Malignant. We did see we did see one new trailer, horror movie for, trailer for a horror movie. We we also saw like you know the new Black Panther trailer, but yeah, I roll. Yeah, that I didn't like how they put like Chadwick Boseman's face on like a memorial in that's, the movie. That's yeah. that's gross. Um, it's uh, insensitive. Um, but we did see a trailer for the menu. Uh, starring Anya Taylor-Joy and Ralph Fiennes. That that looks like it could be fun. Like, there have been so many hunting people movies in the past couple of years that it feels like a little bit of a saturated genre, but I think it could be a fun one. So so this one, yeah, it's the most dangerous game, but it's also a joke about fine dining, yes. is, is the, the story with yes. this one. It's a joke about how uh, restaurateurs in the fine dining world are crazy. Also, Anya Taylor-Joy is just in fucking everything. She's in now. everything. She was in, an, like, several of the trailers that we watched. Yeah, we're, she was in Amsterdam, too, which is a different trailer. Yeah. Not for a horror movie, though, so I'm not interested. Not a movie for us, I think. No. It's, like, a historical thing. Um. So, yeah, that one looks like it could be okay. Again, I'm like... Not really sure about it. If it's having fun, which maybe it is, I'm a little more into it. But some of the line delivery in the trailer like hit me really flat, and I was just like, oh, I don't know. So I guess we'll wait and excuse me, wait and see how people feel about it. If it's closer to like a like Ready or Not, like yeah, I could enjoy it. I really liked Ready or Not. That's yeah. that one's having a good bit of yeah. fun with it. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's get into our main movie. Yes. And I have I have a proposition for you. What is your proposition? Alright. I don't have a full summary, because obviously I can't take notes on my phone while we're watching the movie in the theater. I mean, we didn't do that last time. Right. But I have prepared a five-sentence summary. Mm-hmm. It's five kind of run-on sentences a little bit, explaining <laughs> everything that happens in the movie. And my proposition is that we go through the movie one sentence at a time. I give you sentence number one. We talk about that segment, how we felt about it, our, the funny gags that happened, and then we move on to sentence number two, et cetera, et cetera. Funny gags. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. Let's let's go with that. All right. <laughs> sentence number one. Uh, Tess, uh, parentheses, played by Georgina Campbell, close parentheses, is in Detroit for a job interview, comma, but when she gets to her Airbnb, she finds it occupied by another renter, comma, Keith, played by Bill Skarsgård. That woman's boyfriend. That woman's boyfriend. That's sentence number one. Yeah. Uh, this is great. Um, I think this entire atmosphere that they're building with these two, how he's a little bit awkward and weird, but maybe harmless, but she has to follow her into intuition as a woman anyway, is kind of... I think that's great. The... I think that's great character building and scene building. One thing we're going to talk about in this movie is I really loved all of the more mundane horror that they put into it. And the, oh yeah, the horror of uh, going to your Airbnb and a man is there. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, well, I also have a room for the night and I'm not leaving and 
do you want to come in is like oh that's so scary and i have to could say, just be a serial killer i love yeah. i love bill skarsgård for this because he is a little bit creepy looking but also he's believably handsome he's he's a little charming and handsome so you're like i don't know i could go either way bill skarsgård am i yeah. terrified of you or am i attracted to you and i feel like that is what they're trying to sell you with this first yeah bit. i and i think it's i think it's believable when she ends up warming up to him more yeah we'll Definitely. get we'll get to that in sentence number two okay but um i I think my favorite bit for this first bit is just, um, it's completely, like, nighttime when she shows up, and she, like, can't see the neighborhood at all, mm-hmm. and she's, like, also getting phone calls from someone that she's ignoring, yeah. which kind of builds up, like, she is maybe a little bit on the run, or maybe a little bit getting away from something, and kind of wants this trip to work out. Yeah, yeah, we find out what the trip is about, but it's probably not all about that. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, all right, sentence two. Uh, Tess and Keith tacitly agree to both stay the night at the Airbnb, and after some awkward tiptoeing, eventually warm up to each other. He he, he offers to make her tea several times, and he's like, "Oh, uh, you can watch me make it. Yeah, <laughs> you can watch me open the bottle of wine. Yeah, this is this is great. Uh, I, I'm a non-threatening man. Please don't fear me." <laughs> So, yeah, they have this whole bit about how she's not going to stay, but, oh, please, I can't, like, let a lady stay out there at night. And it's this great bit of terror where it's like, oh, if this guy's the killer, like, and he's putting on, like, the fake, like, soft guy charm here, like, it's working. It's working. Yeah, that's, yeah. that is a terrifying part of it. And I know that's entirely intentional. Yeah. Given what the rest of the movie is. Yeah. Like, there's a great bit where, like, they eventually agree, okay, you know, we'll, like, try and call the Airbnb place in the morning. Um, I'll, you know, sleep in the bedroom. Keith will sleep out on the couch. And there, There's a lot of candid shots of her locking doors behind her. Yeah. Which I, which I feel yeah. very much. Like, she, at one point, she goes to the bathroom and locks the door behind her. Um, and my favorite bit of this is... She comes out and he's there with like the complimentary wine bottle that like the host has left and it's unopened. He has two glasses there and he's like, I wanted to offer you a glass of wine, but also I didn't want to open it while you were out of the room because, (laughs) well, you know, so I thought I would offer now if you'd like to have some and you can watch me open it. And she's like, no, thanks. Yeah. Um, We also learn like why she's in town. Um, She's like a researcher. She wants to interview for a a research job for a documentary. And lo and behold, this guy like knows all about the subject of the documentary. Yeah, he's um, he's a part of the jazz scene or something that the documentarian was doing research about. Yeah, something like that, Um, which is, you know, interesting. And that, that kind of softens her to him a little bit. Yeah, it gets the conversation going. Yeah, eventually they end up having a nice night, drinking a little bit of wine. Um, There's a really awkward scene where, like, she's going to go to sleep in the bedroom, and he's, like, waiting there in the door, like, all right, good night. And it's, like, really funny because it's a combination of, like, a will they or won't they, where it's, like, is she going to invite him to spend the night in the bed with her? But then also it's a he knows that if he asks, it's going to make it seem like he's pushing to be alone with her in this kind of vulnerable situation so he backs off Mm -hmm. 
but then it's kind of like also the romantic tension there so it's really good i yeah i think they're both totally down for each other it, it could have been a meet cute yeah it's like tragedy this strike. this whole opening bit is like electric so far i yeah. have to say like it's doing this i think their chemistry is awesome it's great and they're doing this great balancing act between like okay exactly how much do i let up around this guy because so far everything's going good but i still have to like keep my guard up they even talk about it yeah how she's like well yeah this is important that they have an entire conversation about how for women it's different and how mm-hmm. they have to have their guard up more and how if the situation were reversed he would have come in no problem and not batted an eye about it and how she wouldn't have let him in and all yeah. of this stuff and this is actually extremely relevant to the thesis statement of the movie yeah and i i appreciate that a lot that i remembered that as a callback yeah um are you ready for sentence three yes also as she goes to bed she does not lock her door that time that's right uh so i guess this part is not necessarily included in the next segment so we can talk about it here either because like she's a little tipsy or she trusts him a little bit more yeah either way uh and then the door opens up in the middle of the night and He's asleep on the couch and, like, having a nightmare. Having <laughs> a weird mumble yeah, in his um, sleep. So it seems like somebody else has opened the door, and they're both a little bit freaked out, and she is like, whatever, and goes back and locks her door. Mm-hmm. Okay, sentence three. Uh, the next day, returning from her job interview, Tess becomes trapped in the basement, where she discovers a secret passage into a torture dungeon. Yeah, this isn't anything nefarious. This is just... A wonky door that shuts on its own and will lock you in the basement? Well, it's not, like, yes and no, right? Like, at this point, we're not really sure, like, why this door shuts. Because we just see it closing. We don't. That's true. Um, it's revealed later that it is just a wonky door. But, like, this part, also amazing. Like, the kind of... Um, the kind of... It's a scary basement. The horror of, I'm at an Airbnb. I'm locked in the basement. I can't get out. Also, the key to the house is inside the the lockbox is inside the the house it's not even in the lockbox it's on the table inside the locked house where no one can get it doesn't have her phone doesn't have her phone i don't know if anyone's coming to get me i'm stuck in this basement is like wow wow scary and then it tops it by the secret passageway there is a secret passageway and it's very scary and it's pitch black yeah, so she finds, like, a room with, like, a bed and, like, a camera. And it's very creepy. It's very clearly, like, a torture dungeon. Um, yeah, you can tell by the dinginess, and there's, like, a handprint on the wall. And what looks like blood. and uh, Something bad has happened here. Right, and she freaks out. Um, the, the, like, broom goes even further down. There's, like, an even deeper passageway. Um, we find that later, though, after Bruce right. Garsgard gets home. Right, uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be the next sentence. Uh, so I, I really like this part. Oh, also, you said you had five sentences. This is only the first thirty minutes. It's true. We're already three sentences in. <laughs> um, so, oh, also, it's clear at this point she has kind of fallen for Bill Skarsgård a little bit. Yeah, like we see her like right before her job interview, and she's like. She took a picture of his ID for like safekeeping, yes. and she's like, she's like, kind of like, oh, looking at it, like, oh, he's so dreamy on her phone, <laughs> and he like writes her a nice note in the, like the yeah. next morning and yeah. stuff like that. Um, okay, sentence number four. Down bad. Uh, Keith arrives to let Tess out, uh, but when he decides to investigate the dungeon himself, he's taken and violently killed by a woman creature who then comes after Tess. 
Yeah, so this is a whole thing. This is one this is the best scene of the movie. This is incredible. Um if anyone's seen like the trailer for this, this is where like the trailer leads up to and like stops just short of. Yes, it um, definitely is playing off of the fact that you may have seen the trailer and you see her creeping down into the dungeon and you don't know when something's going to happen. But you, you know just see something her turning well, right? These ultra dark corners and she finds like these cages and things like the atmosphere is just getting uh, worse and worse and down here. And the tension is just like building and building because she's like fallen just enough for Keith and they've sold it enough up to this point where she's like that's kind of why she feels like she has to yeah. go in after him. And he's he's screaming for help. Yeah, at one point she calls out to him and he's like, "Help." <laughs> and so she keeps going deeper and deeper which is like incredible uh at one point um i think it's important to note that uh she was really freaked out when she found the torture camera room and she tries to get him to uh leave with her but he doesn't buy it fully because of the conversation they had earlier right right which uh you know Maybe another woman would empathize a little more and say, that's freaky, let's get out. But he has to see it for himself. Right. And then um, also, like, another bit is, like, when she finally catches up with him, he's, like, crawling on all fours yeah. through the dark. And he's like, something bit me. Oh, that's chilling. Which him is, saying, something uh, bit me. Uh, so scary. And then, of course, the actual creature reveal. I mean, we barely see it at this point, but... Um, all you know, it's a, it's got creepy sagging titties and like kind of a messed up face and hair yeah and it's like clearly like some kind of woman creature yeah um and it smashes his head against the wall very very visceral i i loved this um at this point like i really want to stress like it's not clear that bill skarsgård is not trying to get her like almost the entire way up to this point like you can kind of, like, you get more and more suspicious that, like, okay, something else is going on. But up until the moment where this thing shows up and smashes his head into the wall, you're thinking, there's a legit shot that he's the bad guy here. Right, um, and, right. And you have to hold that in your head the whole time, and you're, like, feeling her fear as she goes through. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah, because he, he could have just snatched her down there. That's a possibility, too. Right, he but... could be luring her down there to get her. You I, know? Yeah, this this scene of him dying, though... Yeah. You you could not see my face, obviously, because you're looking at the screen and I have a mask on, but I think my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> it is just, it's so gruesome. I accidentally made a six-sentence summary. Okay. So, sentence five, not the last sentence. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, cut to... Hard cut. AJ, actor and owner of the Airbnb, played by Justin Long... Cut to beautiful Highway 101, <laughs> California. <laughs> who decides to sell the place to pay for his Me Too defense, comma, but he is also captured by the woman creature in the basement. <laughs> that's okay, that's yada yada a lot. All right. So uh, it's his, it, Justin Long so, is in this movie as another character. So the the smash cut from like the creature has like just killed Keith and is like, gonna take Tess to Justin Long. He's in the car. He's like singing doopity doo up in his car as he drives along the highway. Is incredible. It's so the, funny. And like the music cuts in and it's like this lighthearted music. They'll like cut from there to there. And like at this point, I thought 
I was getting like scream introed, but the first like but they stretched it out to thirty minutes. And they even got me with the trailer. Because up until this point, like, Justin's line character never shows up in the trailer. I, I looked up a little bit about the movie. I knew he was in the movie, but I didn't know where he was going to appear. Right. <laughs> so. And, of course, my, like, immediate thought when this happens is, okay, you have mesmerized me up to this point, movie. Where are you going to go from here? Yes. And also, I think a little bit disappointingly, this is when the movie starts to lose me a little bit. You think so? It doesn't all the way get there. Like, I still like all of this stuff overall, I think. But it is not... From here on... The beginning part is golden. It is some of the best tension-building horror filmmaking. Incredible. Some of the best stuff I have seen in horror movies, period. Amazing. The Um, theater is super tense when that was happening. From from basically the start of this Justin Long scene till the end of the movie... I am slowly falling a little bit less in love with it as we go. I yeah, don't. I, I'm just. I'm just gonna say I don't remember being that tense in the theater since The Invisible Man, where yeah. everyone was fully like butthole clenched yeah. the entire time. Someone's got to give eventually. It's right? true. It's true. But any, anyway, not to not to. We should get into this bit a little bit. So yes. the whole thing with Justin with Justin Long's character is that he is. Uh, an actor who loses his uh, sitcom job because he sexually assaulted one of his co-workers in a scene where it's not... At first, it's not clear, but later it gets kind of confirmed. Later, he basically does say that, that he, he did do it. Yeah, and it was like a very like coercive situation, and his character sort of self-righteously believes he hasn't done anything wrong, but it's clear like this guy's a fucking asshole. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a Justin Long character. It's... And, the character he plays in everything he's ever been in. And on top of that, it reveals that he's a property owner. <laughs> so he's even more detestable. Right, and, and like every scene with this guy just makes him come off worse and worse. I think my favorite bit um, is when he discovers the entrance into the underground basement. Um, and his immediate reaction is... Can, can I include can you this? Charge as, this? <laughs> can I include this as square footage when yes. I sell the house? Yes. And he literally gets out a tape measure and wanders through this, the underground. This was a very funny scene. The theater was in stitches. Th- this was great, and um, honestly, um, at the end of this bit where he gets got by the woman creature, um, not not before the tape measure gets uh, jiggled a little bit, oh, and you're like, oh, oh my god, from like the dark, you like can't yeah. see the other end of it. It's yeah. just. Oh, it's so good. I love that. Um, the, the fact that he's just constantly like throwing every danger sign to the wind. Again, cutting back to conversation Tess and Keith had about how a guy wouldn't do this. I mean, this guy is like the worst guy in existence, right? And he is ignoring every warning sign. He doesn't have to pay attention. He's just going in. Yeah. Um, and that's all amazing. Um, including like all the bit where he gets got by the, the creature. Yes. Um, he also sees the creature's lair, which is like this scary purple room with like a TV that's playing like... It's just uh, like lined with old nasty blankets and it's got one little VCR TV in the middle of it playing like nursing videos. Yeah, it's um, terrifying creepy. <laughs> and creepy. Um, I think if this was the end of Justin Long's character, at this point, I would be still like fully behind this movie. Mm-hmm. Um but let's get into sentence number six, our final one. Okay. And we can talk about the last, like, 30 minutes of the movie. Right, right. <laughs> um, First of all, I do want to say, 
I knew I knew Tessa was still alive. Yeah, I mean they don't show if they her don't getting show killed it, on screen. You're yeah. not gonna believe it. I'm right. genre savvy. I know this. Right. You've um, you've omitted this for a reason. Right. She's fine. So final sentence. So AJ and Tess free themselves from the creature in the basement, uh, killing the serial killer rapist who built the whole place. Uh, then take refuge with the homeless man and eventually kill the woman creature, though AJ and the homeless man don't make it. That's yada yada a lot. It's yada. I mean, listen, uh, six sentences for the whole movie. Uh, I needed to give those first bits quite a bit. Yeah. We can okay. get into the beat for beat for the last we, bit. We can talk about it. This is my least favorite part of the movie. This These yeah. last, like, 30 minutes. Um, yeah. So he's he's put in, like, a cage and you see Tessa is there. Yeah, um, and in a great scene, the, like, woman creature tries to, like, feed them with a gross, hairy baby bottle. Oh, it's so disgusting. Um, they, they manage to escape, um, Tess makes it out, and even tries to, like, go get the, the cops to help. Um, they, they don't believe her, but they, obviously. they don't believe her. This is a, this is a good scene. Like, yeah. I like this scene. Yeah. Um, you know, just, like, this... A really important part of this movie um, for this part is that it's set in Detroit uh-huh. uh, in, like, this really rundown neighborhood. We, like, see it during the day, and this house is fine, but all of the other houses are, like, destroyed, basically, um, this Airbnb. Um, so the cops, like, don't take her seriously at all. And the the way they're looking at her, you just know. You just know, right? And, of course, they're both guys. Yeah. I think it's important. And she's, like, telling them, no, listen, I've escaped from a torture dungeon. You have to help me. And they just, like, are, like, whatever. This, that has this literally happened in real life. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, meanwhile, AJ's character, he ends up um, in this, like, little room uh, where this old man is living. Uh, and we get... Uh, cut to like the 80s um, we know because there's there's a uh, reagan propaganda on the radio yeah um and detroit we see the whole the whole uh neighborhood is like perfectly beautiful and looking you know fully suburban right yeah. full of white people yes um and the guy that used to live in this house the guy that's down in the basement um he is you know like a btk style serial killer um I don't know if he's a serial killer, but he's definitely a serial rapist. Uh, yeah, he's he's basically, we see him shop for uh, diapers. Plastic mats. And plastic mats. Uh, and he says a baby's on the way. And then you see him, like, prepare to capture think, a woman, yeah, basically. I think, I think from the moment you see this guy, you know he's the culprit and he's a creep because he's straight out of central casting. Yeah. He's like lanky and mean looking. Yeah. And he's just a mean looking dude. Yeah. Um, I I think this bit is, is good. This flashback. I don't know if I like how it's deployed, but the way it's shot is very good. It's, it's very much like, you know exactly what's going on from the jump, but not a whole lot is being like communicated in dialogue. He, He fakes his way into being like an electrician into this woman's house and you just see him unlock her window, and that's it. And then he leaves, yeah, and you're like... And th- you know where that goes from there. Yeah, and then, of course, later on, we see this woman's dress in the basement yeah. that we're in later. Um, so that that whole bit's great. Um, you, you also see him by the videotape that's playing in the basement. Right, yeah. Um, at this point, um, this guy, uh, Justin Long's character, gives him 
he like scoots over a little side table to him and he pulls a gun out and shoots oh, himself yeah, in the head. He's still alive, by the way, in yeah. the basement. Yeah, he's like wasting away in the basement and he kills himself. Um, I guess he's been like barely keeping himself alive down here. Um, this bit, I don't know how I feel about it. I um, told you that since he has like these blankets pulled up to his chin, basically, right? He's just like a little old man in bed. I thought there was going to be like a whole mess under there. Like he's yeah. been American married, like tortured uh, yeah. beyond just like barely being kept alive in like this horrific fashion. Yeah. But no, he's just been like holding up down here. Yeah. Um, th- This bit is a little weird. I think also the weirdest bit comes immediately after this where um, a like mysterious homeless man like leads a, uh, uh, an two... exposition homeless man. Yeah, and a homeless man who like somehow knows all all about this house and the creature woman who comes out at night apparently and says like, "Oh, there's scarier stuff than her down there," but we don't really ever see that paid off. Um, he like takes them. Uh, I think maybe he represents. Maybe he is kind of a demographic that wouldn't be believed about anything. We sure. see him try to approach her earlier, and she just tries to run away. Yeah, I don't really like the way this guy. This guy is deployed here. Like he said, he's exposition guy. Um, a little bit, yeah. He's basically just here to explicitly state all of the stuff that we've already very clearly yeah. seen on that screen she, before. I, we we find out that she's not a creature. She's just a woman. Or she's, well, we find out that she's, like, a, a child. product of triple incest yeah. or something. Which, I don't know. I feel like um, it does recontextualize the monster in, like, a very effective way. Like Yeah, I think after the point where you start to realize, I think after that point where you realize that who lived there and why that stuff is there, it recontextualizes everything. Like, you start to figure out, like, yeah, that's probably just a woman that he had kept down, down there. Yeah, and, she, and she's a victim. She's not just, like, a monster. Is, yeah, and it she's changes been, that she's a victim. Yeah, and, like, the the trauma of living down there for who knows however many years is, It becomes is a like, lot more empathetic, but then, definitely. But then also, I don't like the whole idea that, oh, yeah, but she can just, like, crawl out whenever she wants, and she goes around town, and she chases after people, and, like, she's a product of triple incest, and, like, all of this stuff. Like, I don't really know how I feel about... Um, and then the actual climax is like um see my initial theory was that she was just one of the initial victims I like would i'm have not liked sure that more. i'm not sure why they had to add like the inbreeding element necessarily besides like some weird joseph fritzel type callback i don't yeah, know I don't invoking know. that kind of imagery but maybe but just that she had been brutalized and made crazy to that point like yeah. everything she had seen was so terrible she just became this yeah um so at this point we get like the climax of the movie where um the monster chases after them kills the homeless guy um and in a very funny scene that did make the theater laugh the whole theater laughed because he's like she's never coming in here i've been safe for 15 years cartoon (laughs) breaking in and fucking killing him she like tears his arm off which is crazy she tears his arm off and beats him with his own dismembered arm yeah which this character did not deserve but anyway uh it's funny though it's a deep blue seed yeah um they like run up on top of a water tower and justin long's character like pushes tess off the water tower 
to and, sacrifice her to save himself. And there's this really convoluted bit where, like, the creature jumps off the water tower to save Tess because she, like, cares about her. But then the monster somehow ends up underneath her and the fall, like, kills her. But, like, Tess the fall is still... doesn't kill her, though. Well, we find that out. Like, Justin Long then goes to, like, inspect everything. And he's like, oh, my God, Tess is still alive. This is great. And then the monster, like... Comes up and squeezes his eyeballs Pushes out. Pushes his eyes in with her giant nasty fingernails. He gets Oberyn martelled. <laughs> um, and uh, then Tess um, shoots her and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad how how the woman goes. Yeah, I mean... Because we, we know the entire time Tess has kind of empathized with her in a way. And that's how she was able to survive. Right. Because she understands this other character as a woman. Right. And, like, there's this whole bit where they're, like, in the, like, cage together. And she's, like, coaching Justin Long's character. Like, here's what you need to do. You need to not upset her. You need to do it, like, a certain way. And he, of course, doesn't fucking listen to her. She, she thinks you're her baby. Is yeah. what she tells him. Yeah. She can, like... She has figured this out. She has, like, followed the cues and figured it out. Because, as a woman, that's what she has trained to do it's, to it's survive. Her, it's her female intuition. Yes. Right. Um, which is, at the end of the day, like, what saves her. Because this monster has, like, a moment of compassion for her. Calls her mama. You know. Um, and then dies. Um, you know, I, I understand thematically, like, all the things it's going for. But just too much of it was, like, a little bit fumbled for me. Like, well, something that I saw that kind of recontextualized it for me was seeing people are like, "Oh, this is like malevolent." So I'm like, "It's it's kind of camp at parts. It's it's a little bit funny at parts." Yes, I mean, I like the funniness. Um, I like the comedy of it, but like things like, um, I really felt like we focused on Justin Long's character AJ too much. Uh, I don't like this guy. And the movie no, doesn't want you to like this guy. I don't think guy. you're supposed to. The movie wants you to fucking hate this guy. And but at the same time, it want, he at one point he has like a come to Jesus moment where he's like, maybe I'm a bad person, but then he throws that away like in the very next scene. So it like doesn't. It's like, do you want me to to feel like this guy has believed it or not? I, well, I think that also calls to like men who say that kind of thing only after they get caught. And then don't really and don't actually change, follow fundamentally. Through. Yeah, but like I just I didn't I wasn't that curious about this guy, and the guy doesn't go anywhere, and he doesn't really like. Yeah, he gets brutally killed or whatever, but I think he could have been like brutally killed in the scene where Tess like escapes. I think he's just a character for her to play off of mostly, though. Yeah, um, and just kind of like stand for that thesis statement the movie is going for. Yeah. Um, the fact that the serial killer rapist guy came back to not really do anything, just to shoot himself in the head, was a little weird. I felt like that was a little too explicit. I feel um, like he could have served a greater purpose, I, or gotten it worse. I feel like they could have just had, like, AJ's character finding that room, mm -hmm. and then ending it there, you know? Um, would have been fine. I don't, I didn't need to see that guy shoot himself in the head, yeah. you know? Um, when that one guy said that there were more horrifying things waiting in the basement, I was waiting for more horrifying things. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, I feel are like there jars of babies or whatever, you know. I feel like the fact that it's Detroit, but the only thing they really use that for is like the dilapidation of the neighborhood. Yeah, and the fact that one house has been kept up and is an Airbnb for white people to stay at, you know, is like okay. 
Um, it is it is kind of a, a decay of Middle America movie too. Yeah, like th- there is a, in the flashback scene, there is one of the neighbors that's like, "Hey, uh, we're thinking of white flighting out of here. Yeah. <laughs> How about you?" And we might not be able to get out of here next year. Yeah. And yeah, um, I, I also felt like they kind of escaped from the whole dungeon a little too fast for me. Um, well, I think that comes with there just being one kind of antagonist of the movie and it being a human like there is a a realm of realism to that like yeah you can just juke her and get away like it's whatever but also she's like super humanly strong and like never dies and is still like the the classic like slasher movie villain a little bit you know um so that was all very strange to me um i felt like it didn't exactly it didn't like drop the bag or anything it doesn't spoil so. the rest of the movie. Um, it's It was just, like, by far my least favorite bit. It took me out of it at a few it, points. I will agree with you that it's very hard to follow up that first segment of the movie. That The first segment is, again, I'll say it again, some of the best stuff I've seen Masterful. in horror movies. Love it. Incredible. Like, my, I had the thought as soon as it, it, it did that cut to AJ in the car, I was like, well... If they don't fuck this up, this is just going to be, like, my favorite movie. And they didn't fuck it up, but also I don't think they delivered on the promise of that cut. I think that's, well, I think that's the problem with kind of, like, deeply suspenseful movies that kind of get you right in it. Like, you you mentioned The Invisible Man earlier. It's hard to keep that going in that way. I had the same problem with Invisible Man, where, like, the third act being... Um, like oh, we're running through the city streets, and the monster is chasing after me in a very like unreal sort of way, where like it's not the slow tension building stuff. It's just more of like a breakneck. The music is going. The characters are all like ah, like it's just not as good as the other stuff. Like it's just not as good. But I also don't think you can keep up the other thing forever either. No, um, you can't. Like, at some point, you do have to do, you know, the Mrs. Voorhees arriving at the house, like, final bit. But, like, do that final bit, you know? I think I think there are other horror movies that have done that better. And I, I feel like it was just... It didn't... It wasn't as strong as, as the first bit. Yeah. I think the first bit is, like, masterful. Um, and I understand, like, introducing the AJ character, but I also felt like they spent a little bit too much time on it. And I felt like some of it got a little too explicit towards the end, but overall great movie. Like I really liked it. I would say like, we both gave it like a four on letterbox. Like we're both big fans of it. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very empathetic movie in a lot of ways. And I, I appreciate it for that too. Yeah, I mean... I, I just think of them as two different movies, two different stories it's telling, almost. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. There's, like, the the first bit, and then there's the second bit. And the first bit is incredible. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I think if, if um, in terms of, like, execution level, if a movie started off kind of mediocre and then ended incredible, I would have a really high opinion of it. But it going the other way manages to undercut it a little bit in my I mind. I understand. So um, it, it makes it seem like I'm a little more negative on this movie than I actually am. Like, I, I really liked it. Um, I'm really interested in seeing it for the second time. Yeah. 
because I do Same. feel like I feel like that back end is gonna wash over me a little bit more, mm-hmm. and I won't be like looking out and hoping for it to like keep wowing me. I'll just be like, all right, and now this is the part where you know it gets a little too actiony for me, and it and it you know kind of pools over, um, and I can just you know I can get my horror suspense thrills out of the first bit. Um, I, I think what they could have done to fix this problem was make it more than one more than one monster in the dungeon. I would have loved like the bit where um, like it's just amnesia the dark descent down there. Like the bit where he finds the old man's room, like he like comes up to the door and the monster realizes he's at the door and it kind of just like backs away from it. Yeah, that's I was looking for something a little bit bigger. That that's an ominous moment that I kind of appreciate. Yeah, I wanted that to be like the even it, bigger, it makes, crazier it monster. It makes sense in, there. in it makes sense in context too. But it I, I was sense. looking for something very scary. It does make sense in context, but I would have loved it if they like somehow managed to one up themselves and get some like an even crazier thing out there. You know. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, not not perfect, but a really strong movie. Very like, good. I would very, definitely, very good. if for some reason you've listened to the our entire summary and you have not seen it, definitely go see it. Uh, our our description of it does not pay it as much due as it deserves because, uh, yeah, yeah, the the effects and stuff and the gore is just out of this world. Yeah, I think the effects are good. Um, yeah. All right. I think that's it. I think that's it. A uh, good movie. Feature creatures. Feature creatures. That's us. We're the creatures of the feature. We're out. We're out of here. And we're out. <laughs> it's time to blow this joint. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.